0: This is PFA Conversations presented by the Professional Footballers Association. Hi, I'm your host, Marcus Fjortoft, and welcome to PFA Conversations, the podcast that takes you beyond the pitch and into the minds of some of the biggest names in football. PFA Conversations delves into the personal and professional experiences of our guests, examines how their careers have influenced their leadership styles, methodology, and decision-making processes. Join us on this journey of discovery as we explore and dissect the many paths a football and career can take, and learn from those who have navigated this exciting and ever-changing landscape. I'm happy to announce that our first guest is none other than Cesc Fabregas. This conversation was held back in early December, but the theme of the conversation still remains very much relevant. Please enjoy our PFA Conversations with Cesc Fabregas.
1: Oh, it's too easy. Oh no, but it's the coach fault because he told me to do this and I did it exactly what he told me. Yes, but the game brought you into another way, into another path. You need to be smart enough, intelligent enough, courageous enough to, to understand that and do
0: it. On a chilly Sunday afternoon, At Stadio Giuseppe Signaglia, overlooking Lake Como, we were in the company of one of the most successful midfielders of his generation. He's now 33, and through the help of the PFA, preparing for what follows after an extraordinary playing career. Management. In this conversation, he provides a cunning insight into his football mind. We discuss what constitutes a win, player's lack of freedom in the modern game, and if we ever see a new Fabregas, the different impacts managers had, how he would have benefited having someone like Wenger later on in his career, and what next for Cesc Fabregas? Cesc, I remember uh, when you were about 17 years old and you scored against Rosenborg I'm from Norway. Mm-hmm. You were then the youngest goal scorer in the Champions League at the time. What factors do you think were involved at the time at Arsenal to contribute to you becoming the player you were at the time and also have to say you became PFA young player a few seasons after? But what factors do you think were involved to you developing so well?
1: There were many factors, obviously, um, but the main one and the bigger one was Arsen Wenger. Uh, it has a name and a surname. Arsen Wenger is definitely the main reason um, why my career started so early and uh, and in such a positive way. Obviously, I worked really hard. I was very positive and I really believed that I could do it, but, you know, it's not easy, you know, to give a um, debut or chances to, to to such a young young kid, because we are still kids at that time, you know, when you're 16, 17. And sometimes you, you 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 don't play as well as maybe the coach would like to, mm-hmm. but he still keeps, you know, bringing you on and putting you and trusting you, teaching you. And that just gives you positive vibes, confidence in, in, in what you're doing, belief and uh I, I just think
0: that it's the it, it was the best thing that uh, could have happened to me in this way. I came across an anecdote from from Bangor where he said beyond just the trophies and the achievements, what really stayed with him was the human things, the the five minutes where you played <coughs> the perfect game. I guess that goes along what constitutes a win. Is it about the three points? Is it about playing the perfect game? You could now soon heading into management. How do you see that? Yeah, that's a, that's a good question,
1: because um, there's no right or wrong answer, because everyone has their beliefs, everyone sees football or life in a, in a different way. Um, mm-hmm. For some coaches, for some directors, for some owners, it's all about winning, mm-hmm. no matter how or what you do to, to achieve that. For some others, like you said, I, I always felt that Arsene is super competitive and he was such a winner, but the pleasure that i could see in his eyes every time we were playing a beautiful a beautiful game the beautiful way the way he wanted combinations playing forward counterattacking defending well when you played the perfect game you could see in his eyes full of joy mm-hmm. you know so he, he i think he was a bit of a romantic as well of the of the game being played in the right way and here again the same question what is the right way you know there's many ways that Any different coach in the world will tell you, oh, that's my way. So for me, this is the right way. And then completely another way from another coach will tell you the same thing. So it's just about believing on what you're doing, have a a setup, have confidence and trust on the people that you are working with. And just from there, try to stay together, unit and uh, grow from there.
0: You've obviously worked under some of the best managers, but also managers that are different in their approaches. Uh, I'm thinking you have Aragonés, el Bosque. We also have Wenger, a Mourinho, a Conte. What sort of impact did they have on how you see the game, and did that change over the course of a career? You started with Wenger, and then you have a Mourinho and a Conte.
1: Yeah, I think uh, I was very lucky that the, the the very start of my career was with Arsène Wenger. Um, he believed in young uh, players, he trusted young players, he gave chances over and over again to young players if he really believed in them, and he was playing the way that I liked, I liked and I, I grew up, you know, so everything together, he made it the best manager for me, especially mm-hmm. at that time. And then, of course, going uh, with Aragonés, with Del Bosque and Guardiola, I think these four were a little bit same philosophy so that's why i think the start of my career i think the first 10 years of my career were super amazing because i i felt completely comfortable on what were uh, i was doing because this was my my game my football then with uh Mourinho at chelsea I, I i believe it was a bit the same especially the first year and a half before he left I, we played some great football some some fantastic stuff but i already felt that i was it, something was changing in mm-hmm. a way. Um, it was a different type of football that I really enjoyed and we won many things. That's why I was telling you before that, you know, it doesn't matter what you believe in. The most important is try to do what you believe in the right way. But knowing that, you know, uh, someone else playing the other mm-hmm. type of football that uh, that you play, they can still beat you if you don't do things right. So, uh, And then after that, obviously... Since uh, from when I was 29, Um I think from Conte days, I already felt that football started to change. And for the last six, seven years, I've had a lot of coaches. <clears throat> Obviously, at Chelsea, I had another one in Sari, And then going to Monaco, I've had Niko Kovac and Robert Moreno and uh, Thierry Henry and mm-hmm. on and on and on. And uh, so I've experienced another type of football, a very pragmatic football, a very, um, how can I say it, it's it's all regarding GPS and physical stats and uh, you run faster. Do you like it? Do you welcome it? Well, it's it's the training methodology changed a lot as well. The trainings nowadays, it's nothing compared like before. Mm -hmm. Before it was very technical, tactical. Now it's physical first. And then tactical and technical, you know, tactical more and then technical the the last little bit because all the coaches, they tell you exactly how they want to play, what you want, uh, what they want you to do, uh, how you have to do it, when you have to do it. Uh, There is five substitutions, so Mm -hmm. it's very easy, easily that you you will get substituted in a game 50% chance. Uh, So everything is changing slowly, slowly. and, and, And the freedom that I had. In the first 12, 13 years of my career, compared to what I had the last six, seven years, it's like day and night. That's why maybe, you know, if I had, again, someone like Arsene Wenger or Guardiola, maybe at the age of 28, 29, when after Mourinho left Chelsea, Mm -hmm. I think my career would have kept going the the same way. Mm -hmm. But having that contrast, I still adapted, but obviously physicality is not my biggest strength. You know, once you lose a little bit of uh, of that in, in today's football, it's it's more difficult to, to have an impact, yeah.
0: I know you're a believer in, and excuse my pronunciation, but juego de posicion, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> in, in terms of creating kind of the framework for allowing players to thrive. Where does that fit into potentially how you would transfer your football knowledge onto a team when you become a manager?
1: Well, as I said um, today, um, it's different to before. We mentioned that before, but I think el juego de posición, as you as you well mentioned, <laughs> um, sometimes we ma- we make a mistake thinking that juego de posición means that you have to be always on the space that they tell you. Yeah. But football is so complex. Football takes you into so many different aspects in a in in a game into so many dif- uh, different situations that if you tell a player all the time. When you they, they they do these squares in training. Oh, this is your zone, this is where you have to move. Football is not like that. Mm-hmm. Sometimes the game will demand that you go a little bit more into the right, yeah, into yeah. the left, defensively unoffensively. And I think sometimes we're just making players so robotic, just looking at one way when there is so many other things happening in a game. You know, mm-hmm. now it's like it's like sometimes I feel I could play right back. Okay. Because everything is so uh, robotic in a way, so 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 studied, so um, pre-done in yeah. the training sessions yeah. that of what this guy has to do. That you see it as a midfielder mm-hmm. because you, you see it every day and you're like, I can do that job, you know, because it's okay. You get the ball here. You need to do that. You need to do that. It's not like before where you had a little bit more more of creativity. You could feel, you could smell, you could sense the the the, the next step. You could smell the play. Uh, you could smell if the other team was, you know, can slowing we back, down. Do you think we can get back to that? Not for now. We can. We have to try. I mean, I, I, I will certainly <laughs> try because I'm a believer, a big believer that football is changing and you need to adapt to every situation and you need to adapt to to what's happening now yeah. I mean you you cannot get away from this and you cannot underestimate the, the the power of every single coach that's been studying for 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 many many years yeah. but nowadays sometimes it's more important the fitness coach than the coach This is what I, I see from other clubs from other teams and I don't think that this is this is right you know the coach has to be always the the, the, the main guy in terms of analyzing how you want to play what you want to do but always understanding that the player is always the most important in a a team. Mm -hmm. The leader, the coach, the boss, for sure, it's him, number one. But the players are the ones who make the good thing or the bad things happen, you know? And And an extension of the coach. Yeah, correct. We are an extension, but we are the ones that are inside the pitch. And sometimes I'm on the bench and I see certain situations from a coach that I've had in the past, and you don't see or you don't feel from outside, even if you're a great coach sometimes, what the players are feeling inside. Mm-hmm. Like if you are winning 1-0, for example, and you are playing a 4-4-2, let's say, or 4-3-3, and you change a midfielder or a strike, and you put the defense, a defender uh, in the last 10-15 minutes. And uh, you're playing with a back, back five, all of, uh, five all of a sudden because you saw from outside that they are playing with really high fullbacks yeah. or whatever reason. You are doing it for a reason from the outside. But inside the players, you see that he's taken a striker off. He's put a defensive uh, player on. Yeah. So automatically your mindset is, oh, the coach wants us to defend we have to sit back and you attract pressure and you invite them to have the ball more and you invite them to attack you more and to be more dangerous and the more they are on your pitch yeah one day it can happen that you can kill them on counterattack and score the second goal but 80 90% of the time it backfires yeah. because you invite pressure and then there's a penalty there's a little free kick or a cross rebound and this is this is the the, the things that sometimes I, I feel that the coach have had this this growth into into the game that uh, is making the players
0: a little bit uh, insecure on the pitch. I guess it's all relative as well because you've been part of teams and, and succeeded under a lot of different tactics, a lot of different approaches. Yes. And we go back to the false nine era where you played, and people claimed it was a four-six-zero, but it also could be something else, a four-three-three, three, what have you. Do you think the best coaches? contrary to popular opinion, that they have a set philosophy, actually are just very good to evolve and adapt. The coaches. Yes. Yeah, I mean, and
1: we, it's a must. Every coach needs to evolve. Every need, coach needs to to grow and uh, every coach takes ideas from from each other. Mm-hmm. They all take uh, ideas from each other. That's why you see many coaches going to visit other training grounds and, and, and studying every time more and more and more. But I still believe that the players for what I see now in World Cups, in Euros. And uh, you kind of, don't, football is so equal now because yeah. everyone studies each other. Everyone plays this football that I'm talking about. Most of the games are 1-1, 2-2, 0-0. How many extra times do we see? How many penalty shootouts do we see? Because everything is like this. And, and and sometimes when you have to do that little extra step of creativity and to be a little bit more positive uh, and we kind of struggle you know what i see is that the players struggle because they are so used to oh the coach told me to do this mm-hmm. and that that when everything goes in a different way or you have to actually take advantage of a situation and be positive and do something that the coach didn't tell you because it can happen yeah. and then we don't know how to approach that situation you know that's why i believe always in
0: certain creativity in certain freedom that the player that the player should have. Will we have then less cases of a of a new Fabregas in a way because of the mechanic structure, is that what you're saying?
1: I'm not saying a new Fabregas or not. I don't like really to talk about me in this case, but mm-hmm. uh, yes. You, the answer to your question is, is yes, because nowadays since they are young, okay, two touches and this and tactical, you have to be here, you have to be there, which is great, but you have to give the player the, the, the belief that he's intelligent enough to understand where the game is going. You, mm-hmm. Because whatever you're doing in training, when you're doing against your, your teammates or you're doing it against nobody, because sometimes you do 11 mm-hmm. against zero. and When you do 11 against zero, it's like very simple and everything. You, everyone sees the pass and it's it's all right for some time. But when you're playing against a team that changes tactic in the middle of the game, what do you do? Oh my God, but me, I trained like this and mm-hmm. the coach told me to do this. How do we react to that? That's why... Benger was really good, for example, at this. You know, Guardiola was very good at this. Mourinho was very good at this. Del Bosque as well was very good at this. This type of um, coaches that they always gave you that responsibility, that, that, that extra, trust. extra trust that you should have mm-hmm. as a, as a football player. Because some, now it's too easy. Oh no, but it's the coach's fault because right. he told me to do this and I did exactly what he told me. Mm-hmm. Yes, but the game brought you into another way into another path. You need to be smart enough, intelligent enough, courageous enough to, to understand that and do it, and go and do it. Ah, yeah, but the coach will be upset with him. And maybe he's right. Because the coach can go on and show the video the next morning, oh, look, I told you to do this, mm-hmm. and you don't, you didn't do it, and that's why the other team scored the goal. So this is sometimes the mentality of the, of the, the player nowadays, you know? Mm-hmm. much listening to the coach sometimes
0: can create many many doubts and take away many things from your game will there be a difference between you as a player and you as a manager in terms of how you lead well that's a good question i will have to get into the situation
1: first but uh, i believe not a lot, because I'm a very positive guy and I always, but I, I really want to give confidence to to my players. This will always be, we have to create a, 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 a unity, we have to create a belief without each other. I like to talk, I like to communicate, I like to have feedback, because the same way that I don't like it when a coach tells me, you have to do this and that and this, and then in the game, I do something else because i felt that it's supposed to be like that mm-hmm. you know i think i have the the experience enough to to understand the game from my point of view when i'm on the pitch and if he gets upset you know you are not giving this belief to the player you know you're kind of yeah. uh reducing you know a little bit his uh his uh um, his beliefs and I, I i and trust what he will do on the on, on the pitch but i i like communication i like trust and i like uh, especially the the football that i believe in you know which is uh, the modern football in a way but always giving the player the the alternative to do what they feel to do not always what i am telling them i just need to to focus on on giving them the right solutions what i feel where they are weak, where we can explode uh, some certain situations. But after that, especially in the final third, this is them that they need to create their own game, you know, because uh, if you keep telling everybody, my, my experience is that every time they gave me freedom and to analyze the game from my point of view, when I'm on the pitch, I have always been a better player now. Every time they have told me exactly what I need to do and exactly uh, what you need to be uh, in training to to do it after on the pitch and not go away from this, I have always limited my uh, my attributes. So it's a little bit of, of balance. And in five years, where do you hope to see yourself? Well, in uh, in five years, I hope I will be a, a coach. You know, I still have a lot to improve, a lot to um, you know, to, to learn. I want to finish my career now in the in the best way possible. But yeah, in five years I, I, I see myself as a coach. Um I don't know, hopefully, you know, uh, with Como in Seria, I already said it in, in an interview. We have I have respect for the coach that we have now, Moreno Longo, obviously. I hope he does well because if, if, if he does well, I do well. Mm-hmm. And the club does well. This is priority for me. But yeah, in five years, uh, you know, hopefully we can see Uh, como in Syria and uh, be part of it would be fantastic. Appreciate it. No problem. Thank you so much. Thank Thank you.